0: is a marketing and communications veteran who has launched and scaled best-in-class marketing experiences for top-tier brands, including, but not limited to, Estee Lauder, L'Oreal, Target, and Microsoft. She has served on the board of the National Association of Women Business Owners. She's taught at NYU in the same program I teach in, but that is not how she and I met. And she is currently serving as Vice President General Manager of Marketing at The Vitamin Shop. Please welcome my very good friend, Nadina Gugliametti, and I hope I pronounced your last name right after you all did. this time. You did. You did such a great job. Hi, Joanne. So we have so much to talk about today, but I would like to start with where you're from
1: yeah, I you know, I have one of those weird backgrounds. I was born in Rome, Italy. My mom is German. My dad is first gener- generation American Italian. They met in Italy. Uh and that's where I was born. Came to the US at 7. Um and was here for about 7 years before we moved back to Europe. So, kind of a back and forth. Um I learned English pretty young, so I don't have any sort of funny accents, but German and Italian were my first two languages.
0: That's kind of amazing because, well, Italian is relatively easy when you're talking about learning languages, but German is a tough language to learn.
1: It, it is a tough language. You know, I was lucky because my I went to a German school uh, when I was in Italy and Rome. So uh, it certainly makes a difference when you're learning it. Uh, and then my mom obviously spoke to me at home. So it, it's not as hard as when you're trying to learn it as an adult. Um, so I had that benefit.
0: I can imagine. So there are so many people in our business who call themselves digital pioneers. And not all of them are telling the truth, but you really were. <laughs> Can you talk? Can you talk about what it was like? Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you launched the first website for Origins. Uh,
1: so yes, so I, I the, there was already a website up and running when I joined the Estee Lauder team, um, and at that time it was such a it's still a great organization, um, such a great place to work because we were in a little bit of a bubble. The, um, Estee Lauder had a downtown office. And uh, we were working on their online division, and there were just a few of us. Um, It was exhilarating because everything we did was new and different, hadn't been done before. Uh, And it was hard because, as always, when you're trying to break through in a new channel, uh, more traditional channels uh, get concerned. They see market share going away you know, they see an abuse of brand because we were asking for, you know, utilizing images in certain ways. And we had to cut down big, beautiful model images, which, you know, uh, was always challenging for, especially for beauty brands. I remember meeting with head creative directors who who just couldn't believe we were asking to shrink down or cut down or do different things. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, it's funny because a lot of the people that I worked with at that time are still great friends of mine um in the business and um we were still very connected because it was a very very special time to be part of the web um and kind of in that
0: innovation circle what well, can you what, what year was that just to give people oh, who are listening it was in the
1: 90s end of 90s um so it was really at the at the the beginning just before the internet crashed. So I think we were all in it together before. There was a huge swell, especially in New York City, um, a huge swell of innovators in the web and internet but there was a big bubble as well which then of course burst uh i think in the early 2000s um dot com with
0: dot com bust
1: yeah where a lot of people lost their jobs um for sure in the in the business i was lucky enough you know that i was working with a secure brand at that time um and then I, you know, I, I think, you know, I, then I moved to Italy for a little while where I met my husband uh, and worked for Pfizer, also still working web, building, you know, patient advocacy sites. I helped rebuild their intranet. So I did kind of more techie stuff at that point before I came back to the U.S. And then I worked for uh, L'Oreal in a, in a more global capacity, again, on, um, on one of their brands um, on the web.
0: I know. And this was really, this was all so much before we were walking around with the phone and our 100%. attached to at least mine. It's like, I always yeah. say I should have one of those little things that you give to kids to keep their mittens on their jackets. That's how I feel that we need our phones these days. So it was a whole different world when you were starting this.
1: Really different, um, really exciting. Again, it, it, it takes, I think what I learned was to be incredibly collaborative and always educate. And I find that, uh, the one thread, uh, in my career has, I, I, uh, always have to educate. You know, now I, obviously I have a much broader role because I don't just focus on web. I'm more focused on uh, digital advertising than just sort of uh, managing an e commerce site or a web platform per se. But education is a constant um, and it's still a constant even in marketing when you're working with CMOs and CFOs and their parent companies, you're constantly educating about why is this necessary? And that's always been the case. And I, a lot of, I, I think I'm pretty good at it. I don't know, maybe somebody would disagree. Um, I'm very patient, I think. Uh, and it, it's because I learned a lot, um, we're learning and working through my web experience where it was so new. And a lot of people really didn't understand at that time, how important the, 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 this platform would become from a, you know, how it's going to feel everything we do. I don't think anybody, well, I'm sure some people understood, um, but not certainly the, the people I worked with.
0: No, I, I, in fact, it's something I always tell to my students is that your job as a marketer is also to educate because you're not always going to be speaking to people who understand what it's going on. Plus things still change by the minute, especially now. And, We'll talk about the pandemic, but I, you know, I, I'm a big believer. I don't know how you, well, curious how you feel about it, that it's really been an accelerant in terms of digital transformation.
1: I agree. I think it's accelerated a lot of shifts and changes by 10 years. I, I feel like there's sort of been a leap, um, whether it's within, um, uh, the company you work with and sort of accelerating the phasing out of certain companies faster. And I'm thinking of retail because that's where I work um, I work for a retailer now, um, or it's the how people are leveraging the web, entertainment, how people are leveraging entertainment, what's happening with connected TV, sort of the multi-screen behavior, all of that. It's accelerated that behavior in consumers and then had, of course, on the side, an incredible impact on different businesses that have had to, either they will disappear or have had to shift really fast. Um, and you know, we're at the vitamin shop, which is where I work, of course. We're really lucky because we put in place a lot of initiatives years ago that are beneficial now, like buying online and pickup from store. Who, knew, who would know that that's so critical during a pandemic that you can <laughs> buy online uh, and do curbside pickup? And we had all of those mechanics already in place, so it wasn't new for us. Um, so we were lucky to have uh, a lot of these nuts and bolts already in place that we could leverage for the this pandemic. Because um, I think a lot of other retailers weren't prepared, weren't ready, or weren't thinking in that way quite yet.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. You, you had everything was, was ready in place, ready to go. So I was looking when I was um, looking through your bio and looking for things I didn't know about you. I realized that I met you when you were at you were chief digital officer at Caplo, which is almost yeah. eight years ago, almost Crazy. eight years ago. Now. I know. Yes. I don't know where, I don't know where time goes. So we know you're at the vitamin shop and part of your role in your buyer says that you are overseeing omni-channel marketing. How has, <laughs> <laughs> obviously you're ahead of the game. How do you even define, I'm curious how you define omni-channel marketing.
1: I do, you know, I define, it's kind of an old word, uh, omni-channel because it's, it's what we all do. It's how people transact, where people transact on different, in different channels. And by channel, I mean you're on your mobile device, you're on a desktop, you're, um, or you're walking into a store. Um, so my role at the vitamin shop is really to support um where, how our customers want to transact, and making sure the brand gets in front of them. Um, so I don't run the retail organization, thank God, because <laughs> that's a big job. I don't <laughs> run the website. I support both, making sure that I'm influencing customers to do a transaction wherever they want to do that, and I'm influencing potential prospective customers to give us a chance and come shop with us. Um, and that's that's my job. Um and it's, it's fun because I, I do get to, as opposed to just servicing um, a website, I'm servicing stores as well, which is really, really interesting. And I love the, being able to look at customers from a lens of behavior um, and how they want to transact because very often – You know, you do a little bit of both. There's not just one way you're going to shop. You probably walk into a store or sometimes you don't. Obviously, during the pandemic, you're probably doing more online. And it's a lot of fun because as part of my role, I'm responsible for uh, customer insights. So I do a lot of work. My team does a lot of work looking at customers, you know, how they're shopping, what they're shopping, where they're buying, what's influencing them. Um, And I love it. It's, it's, uh, I sort of feel like I'm in, in my playground. I've had the perfect role.
0: Um, I was going to say, as I, as I remember working with you and just knowing you uh, personally, you love data. Love data.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm a, a geek, um, and it, you know it's it's interesting because marketing. I think even from the beginning of digital, where data, you know, e-commerce data was always part of our jobs, but it's accelerated so much. That you can't be a marketer and not be a good mathematician or not understand data, um, and I always tell my my kids that to, all the time. That I would say a good fifty percent of my job is looking at data. Um, it's it's critical, and thankfully, I also really enjoy it. So, so it's, <laughs> it's a good thing. I like data because it's it's so much of my job. I'm constantly looking at. Uh, data. And, you know, luckily enough, there's so much technology now that you can get a little data crazy. So you do have to be careful not to take yourself down rabbit holes or pull data that's not necessary and that you're just looking at what's important.
0: Yeah. I found this when I was doing my homework before this, I found a quote that, um, of yours, if you don't have clean data, you make a lot of mistakes when you send things to individuals who aren't real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you elaborate on that. Yeah.
1: You know, I think there's two ways of, of understanding what I mean by clean data. Obviously, when you have a lot of customers um, making sure you really know who they are, what they're buying, that the data you have about them is accurate and rich is really important, but you're constantly having to cleanse your data, which is something we do do, which means we work with a vendor that looks at the data we have and make sure it's not duplicitous, that it's accurate. Um, And we have an amazing uh, CRM tech team at the vitamin shop that helps me with all of that. It's not something I have to do personally thank God um, so but it's, it's really <laughs> important not because, I like
0: either I like looking yeah. I like looking at the data after someone else has put it together so I can exactly.
1: and and it's really important so if I'm going to send you a, a direct mail piece I want to make sure that it's something you really would want, that you want that direct mail piece in, in your mailbox, that it's something you're going to use. It's the way you transact and shop, that I have the right images that reflects you and it's the right offer, all of that good stuff. And you can't do that unless you have the right data. Um, and then on the the other side is also making sure you, you have the right people that can help you analyze the data. Because again, as I kind of said before, you can be swimming in data. And in fact, I think we probably have more than we need, but you really need people who help you mine data in a way that you get the right insights out of it, that you're asking the right questions. Because like anything else, if you're not asking the right questions or looking at it in the right way, you may come to the wrong conclusion. Um, It kind of reminds me of kind of this political period, we just came through, you know, anytime you see a chart and graph, you can't take it at face value. You have to ask questions, you know, what is it saying? And what it's on the X axis and the Y, and where did the data come from? And what's another perspective? It's the same with anything else you see in data. You can't take it at face value. You have to ask questions about it. And uh, I have a great team that does that because otherwise, again, we'd, we'd, at the vitamin shop, we'd become incredibly inefficient if we didn't have Uh, clean data and then the right people to help us analyze the data so we can segment our customers and get them, um, get information in in front of them in the right ways.
0: Yeah. I I personally, I get crazy when, and and you may love the term when people talk about data driven, because I think that's, it implies that you're not necessarily going to ask those questions. I personally prefer data informed because I think that data has to inform every decision, but I'm not sure how you feel about those two words. Yeah, I mean, no. gets thrown around a lot.
1: I agree with you. It's data informed, especially these days because there is so much data out there and you can work with a lot of different uh, third parties that can help you get even more data and I've fallen into the trap of, oh, if we do this study, we'll see X, Y, and Z. You go through the study, you get the data, and then you're kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> it's actually not leading me to any informed decision, and I could have done without it. Um, so it's, you know, that's there's always that trap.
0: So, did you find in your um, in amidst all this data that your business was actually benefiting from the pandemic and that people are more concerned about their health?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And And I think I don't know about your own personal behavior, but I started this pandemic. I was taking two supplements. Now I probably take five or six a day. You know, really? I was taking like some bees and um, maybe just my bees. Now I take an omega, I take a probiotic, I take um, apple cider vinegar gummies, <laughs> like I do some collagen. Like it's I, I wasn't doing all of that, and I work at a at a supplement company. Um, I do think that COVID has forced us all to think about uh, supplements that are important for our immunity. It's also helpful that there have been a few studies that have come out that have shown that vitamin D, vitamin C are helpful to your body um, and can help um, mitigate perhaps some of the results of COVID. I, I I don't have the studies in front of me, so don't take that verbatim. Um, but there there have been a couple of things that have come out that have said, yes, you know, these are the things you could probably take that could help you um, during this time. And that that's continuing. We're, we're constantly seeing new data, new studies out that show that their melatonin is another one I'm, I'm, we're starting to hear could potentially be benefit, beneficial. Um, so th- that's helpful. I think it's just raised on its own with all of these studies and inquiries and even doctors recommending supplements more so than they have in the past. It absolutely is helpful for us because there's more uh, recognition, more people are searching for uh, understanding of supplements and what it can do for their immunity, which leads them to also search, where can we buy these products? And we also have a lot of really great, great content um, that uh, we try to provide our customers to help them understand what, what different supplements do, what they should take, what's helpful, that we do. We have a great blog on our site and obviously through our emails. Um, so it's absolutely benefited us in, in, in all of those ways. I think it's the worst way to be, to benefit <laughs> as a business, it doesn't feel great that it has to be a pandemic, that people become more aware of supplements. But obviously, <laughs> um, it's good that people are getting educated and uh, have a better understanding of the different supplements that can help their their bodies. Um so yes, you know we're very lucky in in that fact that our our business is doing well during a time where a lot of retailers are struggling. so we're we're definitely grateful and lucky.
0: So you, you, you do a lot of the, uh, the digital advertising, which is the, what do you find is the most, I'm curious, what's most effective for you to reach your customers?
1: Um, you know, we have, um, it, it depends on the channel I'm trying to affect. It's interesting, but for us, direct mail has always been effective.
0: Good old um, direct mail. For our
1: good old direct mail. It's a great tool Um, especially for store shoppers. It's really uh, a great way to stimulate customers and get them to know when we have a special offer or promotion. We also actively tie it to our loyalty program. We have a really great loyalty program. So we try to make sure our best customers get really great deals and we often leverage that tool. But, you know, Digital is also really critical. Search is, especially uh, right now, we're a company that's highly sought. So I don't have to pay a lot of money for awareness to a degree, you know, we're... Mm -hmm. Uh, we're a sought-after brand. Uh, we have a name called the Vitamin Shop. It's very helpful during a pandemic. So very, um, very very good
0: for search for search purposes. It's very hard, good it's hard, pers- to get, hard to get those things in your URL anymore, the, the search words in exactly. your URL.
1: Exactly. So very helpful. So, you know, making sure that we're we're findable and that when people do go on Google and they're looking for us we're looking for somebody who sells things we sell that we're we're, we're there and we are. So certainly um, search is critical to our business, continues to be, it's still, you know, takes a good chunk of our advertising dollars for all good reasons. And it's a, a very efficient, effective channel. Um, we obviously do a lot of emails as well. A lot of emails, also very effective Channel for us, it's it's kind of the you know there's I always call it the meat and potatoes of marketing. These are Mm -hmm. the meat and potatoes. It's what you have to have uh, on your plate to just be a functioning brand. And during the pandemic, it still has held true. These are the things that are effective. Um, Obviously, you know at a certain point, some of our stores did shut down, so direct mail wasn't as effective because. (sighs) Our stores weren't open, no, uh, and was email wasn't exact. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, but we really do see that those meat and potato channels are the are always part of our marketing mix, and then we play in different other things. Like we're, we've been doing some connected TV. Um, that's performed really well for us right now, especially as people are home more and streaming. Um, we have certainly advertised in podcasts from time to time. Um, also, can be very effective in its way. Um, so. But the meat and, you know, as I said, the meat and potatoes are kind of those digital channels, email, direct mail, search, um, obviously affiliate. We do some social um, and display, but during this period, not quite as much because I don't, we don't need to. Um, We don't, we don't need to do it quite as much right now.
0: So you can keep away from the demons of Facebook.
1: I can keep away from the demons
0: of Facebook. Yes. (laughs) Um, so I have to ask you about this too, because, um, marijuana has, is officially legal in the state of New Jersey. Yay. 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 Um, and I can say that out loud now that it's legal. And I know that CBD has been legal for a while and it's been part of your product line. So do you see this as an expansion, something else that the vitamin shop will be able to, to get into
1: I mean, I don't know if we would get into selling marijuana per se as a product. Um, you know, CBD is something, ingestible CBD, um, full spectrum, is something we sell. And we sell it in states where we can. We don't sell it everywhere. Um, otherwise, we sell more topicals or our broad spectrum. Um, so we're, we're cautious about wh- where we sell and what um But what the legalization, and I think it was several states that have now legalized, it's New Jersey and Colorado and I think a handful of others. What it does allow us potentially in the future to do is advertise to let customers know that we have certain products available because you can't advertise on Google and do search uh, ads, for example, um, with CBD, Uh, any CBD hemp products uh they they will not allow you to advertise and that does make it challenging especially when you know that there's some we have great products that certainly offer good benefits to customers we would love to let customers know that we have them but we, we can't so um uh, so I think that's what the opportunity is once the legalization, I, I would hope that you know some of our our larger partners, google and and even Facebook, would change some of their rules uh, over time. Um, and I think that's that's where the benefit lies because we want to make sure we we can let customers know if they're looking for, you know, CBD to help them sleep, for example, or CBD mm-hmm. melatonin gummy, that we can let them know that that's something we sell.
0: Something to calm people down during the pandemic.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Like it's, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure when we're going to air this, but it's going to be within the next couple of weeks. And I don't, I'm not expecting it to be over over in in, in that period of time. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. So how, how have you been managing personally through this? Cause this is, it's nine months now. Is it nine months? It's, I think it's not so.
1: And it's funny because I, I remember the day that we were told to work from home uh, early on in March. Um, I had just come back from a trip to Florida uh, the week prior and, um, wasn't really con- that concerned so much quite yet. So, and I thought it would be short term. I'm sure maybe everybody else did too. Oh, this is going to be a few months. And now we're now nine, nine months later. I would say from a work perspective, um, you know, th- th- there are absolute benefits to working from home there. You know, I, I'm not as crazy as I was. I'm not driving my kids everywhere the way I was trying to balance that. Uh, even though I don't believe in work-life balance, that that mix of work and life. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely easier. My kids did do um homeschooling. That was hard. Having your kids doing homeschooling and working and trying to manage that was difficult at the beginning. But there are absolute benefits to uh, even working with your partners, your work partners. Um and the benefit is just we we all got connected more because we were, you know, you couldn't do the drive-bys anymore. It meant we have uh, many more, we just did more to get connected. We put in more meetings. We did more things together just to get people to pull. So the collaboration has been amazing. Um, ultimately, I think a mix of home and in-person will be great. I think this has been a really good experiment I'm curious to see what how it's going to change um, how people work in the future and how much of it will change. Um, there's still so much unknown of you know how businesses are going to react and um, when this pandemic kind of gets to the point where we all feel comfortable that we can work in a building together. Um, but it's been a little bit of a mixed bag.
0: I don't see where people are going to want to go back to working five days a week in any one place. And I don't think, I think companies realize that they can save money on real estate by alternating days of the week um, and seeing how much work can get done. You know, having had jobs in my life where I traveled a lot and you know oh I, you need i need to go see this client in LA and my boss would be like fine book a ticket you're not going to see people doing that as much unless it's really important there will there's still a reason to be in person at some point but it's going to be a little bit more well thought out in my I opinion i think so I, too
1: you know in i my, i i very much agree Uh, I also wonder if recruiting people will change. You know, you can probably recruit rather than recruiting in New York, for example, where um, standard of living are much higher and you have to pay higher salaries. You could potentially recruit from a different state, um, have somebody work virtually and pay a lot less. So I I do think that how we recruit for people may really change. Um, It's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, no, it's, 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 and I'm not sure that, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I think, I know I was saying this earlier to someone else and, and you and I talked about this a little bit before we got on, on, got officially on the podcast. Mm -hmm. One of the things that it's, it's revealed to me is just the pace that I was keeping. And although I would like to be able to like go out and have a cocktail with you later today but that's not going to yeah. happen. Um a martini. A martini, absolutely a martini. Uh it's it made me realize that you know I don't know if, I don't want to go back to that pace. Yes, do I want to be able to see people in person because I miss that a lot. And I think there's still a lot more you can do when you're in front of someone. There's a lot more that you can you can gauge but the the pace was like wow, like I was really keeping quite a pace going.
1: I agree. The pace was insane. And I didn't realize how insane my pace was until I got off the wheel. Um, I I really, and I don't want to go back there either. I don't, I don't want to be that busy. Um, I I do think this period has made us all a little bit more mindful. I'm certainly much more mindful. I'm also taking care of myself really well. As I mentioned, the the slew of supplements I now take. (laughs) I didn't take before, but I also go for walks. Like I try to get out in nature. I never used to do that. Um, So I I really hope even personally that I I maintain some of the good habits I've learned during the pandemic that I didn't have before. I do miss my friends though. Not being able to see uh, some of my friends who don't live in my vicinity um, is is really tragic, but you know, zooms around and that's nice, but I, I do look forward to seeing my friends in person
0: soon. Having the martini prepared by someone outside of yourself,
1: exactly.
0: You know, one one of the things that I've learned since I since I started this podcast is that a a lot of people don't drink, and I don't know how you get through the pandemic without that. But that's me, Um, and that there's not as many people who enjoy a good martini as I do. But you are one of those people that loves a good martini.
1: I love a good martini with gin, as I mentioned. I love a oh, good yeah. dirty martini. Uh, I love Stanley Tucci's martinis. <laughs> what, what did you
0: um, say that he did? What was he? What is he that thing? So
1: he did Stanley Tucci. He did a podcast, uh, uh, an Instagram post, I think. I think it was Instagram where he made his wife a martini. And it just, um, I think it, it just got very popular.
0: So check it out. I'll send you the link you'll send me the link. So yeah, I have, I have I one more question for you. Um, and then, um, and then we can wrap this up. So having been, um, in the business for so long, what do you think makes a really good marketer today? What, what qualities do you think that that person has to have?
1: I think, um, curiosity, I think as a marketer, uh, you know, always pushing yourself, asking questions. Um, You have to be willing to be curious. Um, You know, marketing is a mix of art and science. It's both. So yes, I'm very data-driven, but I would also think I'm sort of left-right brain. I'm creative and you need a little bit of both. Um, Dependent, obviously, in what field you're in, but I, I find that that's really helped me um, that I'm creative and I like data and the mix of both is really helpful. Uh, and then I think a little bit of grit and risk-taking because you have to be willing to try things that may fail. And, um, you know, you may spend a chunk of money that is not going to work and you're going to have to go to your bosses and say, we tried it and it failed and that's okay because this is what we learned. And we're going to do this next. And that's a lot of marketing because things change so fast and customers are changing their behavior so quickly. Um, you're always, and sometimes things you used to do stop working as well. Like you, you've got to constantly change risk and fail. Um, so grit failure are also, I think, um, really critical that, that you're willing to do that.
0: Well, I always like to say that marketing is a big circle. You never quite get to the end. You just learn from what you just did, and then you keep on moving forward. And That's right. Get, so it, there's, it's, no, um, there's no a, end. Um, right. um, there's no real end, but <laughs> yeah. it's all a learning process. Sometimes you succeed, and sometimes not so much. Yeah. So um, thank you so much. Is where could people find you or anything about the vitamin shop that you want to? share with our listeners yeah
1: we have a great website um you know thevitaminshop.com um you know it's uh very informative as i mentioned there's a really good um blog that we have if people are looking for more information about supplements and such Uh, and i'm on linkedin um if anybody wants to reach out um that's where i can be found
0: and I will put that in the show notes because your last name is not easy to spell. And as long as I've known you, I always double check myself every time I'm, every time I'm writing I'm writing it down. I'll be on the website shortly, probably after the holidays looking for good cleanses. I'm guessing that those are available there as well.
1: Oh, yes. And if you need a record, <laughs> uh, let me know, and I'll, I'll get you one from our, some of our, our merchants who are product experts.
0: Yes. Because at some point we have to lose the COVID-15 and um, I'm hoping 2021 is going to be the year for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Good to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. This show would not be possible without my incredible creative and production team, Nadi, Cherry, Anthony, and Wah. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note, info at joannetumbracus.com. And until next time, remember whatever got you to where you are, isn't enough to keep you there.